0: we could never
1: That is good.
2: And all the time. All right. Stuff falling all over here. Last night I heard there was a great men's meeting. I didn't put it on my calendar. So I wasn't here. <laughs> I was at a parade. <laughs> it was a little chilly out, so but, uh, a Christmas parade. Isn't that a little early? Yeah, we're not quite to Thanksgiving, but um, but yes, I heard you had a good time. I even walked in. I was like, what that smell came through there, and it still didn't dawn on me what it took place until I heard somebody talking about it later that there was probably some food downstairs. So, but it's good they had a great time. And uh, it's good to know they're able to go on without me. So that's nice. (laughs) Um, Just a couple short announcements here. Do remember Wednesday night, there won't won't be any service here. Um, The the night there before Thanksgiving. So there'll be no church services here, November 23rd. And uh, make sure you mark that on your calendar. I might be out in the parking lot. We'll see. Uh, And then the 30th. Uh, which is the following Wednesday, will be a singing night, worship and singing here at the church. So remember that. Um, ladies' Christmas party, November, or December
0: 3rd, is that right?
2: Right. Is there anything else that needs announced? Nothing we've missed, okay. All right, before we uh, have prayer this morning, we are going to make an announcement. Um, due to the, I guess, concerning the pastoral committee and uh, things that have, I guess, taken place this week and over the weekend, um, Brother Smith, our overseer, is hoping to be here either next week or the following week and make an appointment, um, if you remember the Dameron's, They were the first people who came here back in July 31st, I think. It's been three or four months ago. Um, But they have felt a leading by God to uh, be here. And Brother Smith said he has been good with them being here since the initial beginning of this. So uh, right now I believe that is going to be the plan. But he does want to hear. He told us very early on in this the hardest thing to get is feedback, and it's the thing he needs most. He does want to hear from the church. So if anybody has anything positive or negative to say, can you put that slide up there? Maybe kill that background. Um, The pastoral committee is right there. There's five of us on there with uh, April Bev, Everett, Rudy, and myself. Surely you feel comfortable talking to one of them. (laughs) Okay, We give you five. But after church, uh, if you do feel comfortable, anything to say, even if you want to come up and say, I don't feel strongly. At all, any any direction that that's at least feedback. Okay, he's just looking for some extra feedback on it. So anything we can give him helps. So anything you want to share, and if you're watching online, if you have our numbers, you can call one of us or text. If not, go up to the contact there on the website and send us an email, and we will pass that on as, too to Brother Smith. But as of now, he will either be here next week or the following week. So and he'll speak that week. So he'll be uh, bringing the word too. So. I guess we'll stay flexible in which week that is until we hear from him. But anybody have any questions or anything at this moment? If not, you can see one of us after church if you would. All right. Okay, well, let's all stand. We'll begin this morning with a time of prayer. And, of course, we need to continue to pray. Don't stop praying about that uh, pastoral search, right? We don't want to just say, hey, it's done for sure. Let's let's get God's will and um, make sure it's all done right. So let's continue to pray about that. And is there some other needs? Nothing? Oh, Molly. Melissa? Remember Melissa having prayer for her, some healing. Anything else? All right. Remember Georgia's sister. Okay, let's remember Carol. She has cancer. Okay, Faye's cousin Mike. Mhm. Okay. Gonna pray for Chris. Yeah, he was with us here at church a while back. Vicky's sister. All right, let's remember her unspoken requests. and raise our hands. God knows the needs. Let's all pray. God, we come to you at this time, Lord, just
1: praying this morning, God, knowing that you remember all of these. Needs.
2: could have a couple of ushers come up. It's a third Sunday offering, so it'll be church expense this morning. So everything you give will go towards the expense of the church. And if you have another need, mark it on the envelope or on the check, and it will go towards that. I do want to mention as well, I forgot, um, if you weren't here or if you're watching online and didn't hear Brother Dameron's uh, sermon when he spoke the 31st, it is at our website, so it's under July 31st. It doesn't have his name or nothing, but July 31st, um, if you find that sermon, you will hear hear him preach as well. So Let's pray. God, we thank you again for uh, this opportunity to give and to worship you in this way, Lord. And let's pray that you continue to bless the expenses here of the church, God, that we would uh, use these finances to go towards them and, and just be wise, God, in how we lead and guide and direct, Lord. We want to um, be pleasing to you. God, and just help us shine a light, God, and uh, do what you want us to. Thank you, in your name, amen.
3: do it again. morning you, father you. Hallelujah. hallelujah glory to your holy name you're worthy of all of our gratitude god praise the lord. all of our devotion lord hallelujah we do praise you god this morning thank you god amen hallelujah. amen hallelujah. you can be seated
4: I can trust God with my life. God has a plan for me. I was born with a purpose. I was born with talents. I was born with a mission to see captives set free. I can trust God with my life. I'm trying to say these five truths to myself over and over praying somehow they sink in praying somehow they shout louder than the voices that haunt me because from day to day they are battling with all the wars inside of me the many words inside of me like what if God fails me what if I make a mistake and I ruin the lives of the people around me what if I'm the one person who doesn't have a purpose what if my talents are not good enough what if my decisions are not good enough what if my life is not up to par of what everyone expects of me And I am drowning in this sea of what ifs. But I am not the only one. I heard a story once of a man named Peter who was asked by Jesus to come walk on water. Peter was at sea in a boat with his friends. A storm came in and then Jesus from the shore began to walk on water. And then asked Peter to join him. To take a step of faith and step out with him onto the waves beneath him. Jesus asked Peter to trust him. And for a moment, Peter did, and he stared into the eyes of Jesus, and he walked on water. But then his eyes got distracted. He saw the waves of the storm. He saw the ripples of the ocean underneath his toes, and then he began to sink in the sea of what ifs. What if I can't do this? What if my feet slip? What if I don't make it and I'm just a disappointment? What if I shouldn't have listened to Jesus? And the moment he looked away from him, the moment he started to doubt him, Peter began to sink in the sea that surrounded him. But Jesus reached out to him, grabbed his hand and saved him and said to him, My friend, where is your faith? Why would you doubt me? And to be honest, this story isn't too different from me. See, there's a little bit of Peter right here within. There's a little bit of this lack of trust manifesting within all of us because we stop staring into the eyes of Jesus and instead start looking at how scary the water is that's beneath us. But Jesus wants us to step out, to stop drowning in this sea of doubt and start to walk on this water. He wants us to dive in, into all his kingdom has to offer. And Satan has come to plant doubt into all of our hearts. But Jesus has come to redeem the what ifs. And he wants to ask us, what if you just trusted me with your life? What if you knew that I would be with you when it comes to that high dive? What if you knew these waters have been made for you to walk onto, to dive into? And I would never let you drown. I am always here to catch you. What if you knew you could trust God, your Father? You could do even greater things than simply walking on water. I know that doubt is comfortable. I know that doubt is all we know. I know that thinking of being loose from its chain seems a task impossible. But Jesus has come to pull us out. So that is the victory that I hold on to. When these demons of disbelief come back around and try and haunt me. When I start doubting like Peter and I'm scared of drowning. I will stand with my head high and stare my Jesus straight into the eyes. And take a step and repeat and repeat repeat and repeat all of this I can trust God with my life because God has a plan for me and I was born with the purpose I was born with talent I was born with the mission to see captives set free what if what if what if I just trusted God with my life it turns out there are no waters that are too deep for me
3: Amen. Amen. Wow, I'm loud. Amen. (laughs) What if we stepped out on the water? What if we dove in to all his kingdom has to offer? What if we truly believed that we are who he says we are? Amen. That he can do what he says he can do. And most importantly, that he is who he says he is. Um, I get the privilege of trying out this new microphone today. So I, you can't hear me. Well, you need hearing aids then Joe. No, I thank the Lord for this opportunity to share. And, um, though I feel inadequate many times, I know that he is more than adequate and we're going to trust him this morning. And, um, you know, several years ago. Um, oh, I don't know, three or four years ago, we went, took the family to Branson. We can't go there anymore on vacations because Jordan's there all the time, so he doesn't like to go there on vacation now. I don't blame him. But uh, we went to Branson and went to, um, and I think I've talked about this once before, went to Fritz's, which is a ropes course zip lining thing, which looks amazingly fun from the ground. <laughs> and... um so, yeah, and, and, you know, we get, it had the ropes course, and we get to the top, and when you get to the top, then there's just this one zip line, so you just go from one one platform to another, and um, I, I had seen my kids do it, um, cheered them on, you know, wasn't worried about them at all, and uh, I get up there myself to this platform, and the worker became a little irritated with me, I think, at my delay. And I stood there and I stood there and made Jordan go again because it was safe for him, but I might die. Um, so I believe it was safe enough for them and, and even for my husband, uh, but I didn't believe it for myself. I didn't believe it for myself. I had the same harness on that they did. Um, everything was, was equal, um, but I still did not trust it for myself. And I wonder sometimes if we as Christians sometimes think the same thing about God's promises and his character. Um, I believe for you. I believe for you and your situation. Um, but my actions, my attitude, uh, my countenance reflect that I'm not so sure if they're for me as well. Um, I encourage you to trust God to be your provider. But when money's a little tight for me, I worry and lose sleep. I pray for you when you're sick, believing that God can heal, but I don't reach out for prayer from others when I'm sick. I quote scripture to you about being about God being your peace in the midst of the storm, but when it's me in that boat on that stormy sea, peace is the furthest thing from my mind. And today in this season of Thanksgiving that we celebrate, I want to encourage you through his word that God is for you. That he will do what he says he will do. Um, He is who he says he is. And his love, his faithfulness, his goodness, his mercy, his promises are for you. They are for you. And even today while you're sitting here, you know, the enemy may try to tell you that the word isn't for you. Um, He may try to tell you that you aren't good enough to receive this particular promise. Um he may try to distract you, make you sleepy. Right, Joe? Make you sleepy. No, it happens to all of us. So we don't hear what God has to say to us, right, this morning. Um He may try to tell you it's too late. It's too late for you to receive that promise, to stand on that promise. You've done too much. But what if we believe that God's word was true? What if we believed 100% that he was our redeemer, that he was our healer, our deliverer, our peace, our provider? Um, I believe with all my heart that we have to move beyond believing his word in theory and start believing it for ourselves personally, for our daily lives. Uh, the Bible isn't just a book filled with stories. Every word is inspired by God. It is God-breathed for one purpose, and that is to point us to life that is only found in Jesus Christ. And we can stand on his promises. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his word is just as true and applicable to us today as the day that the Holy Spirit inspired those words to be written. And I want to stand on those words, don't you? Let's pray before we go any further. Father, we come to you now, Lord, and thank you, God, for this time that we have together um, to dive into your word, Lord, and help us, God, to hear what you have to say to us, Lord. Don't let me speak anything that you don't want me to say, God. And, Lord, may you just anoint our hearts and our ears to receive what you have for us, Lord. And uh, may we be encouraged as we leave here today that you are for us, that we can stand on your word, that you have a plan for us, God, that you have a purpose for us. You have a mission for us. And when we step out into those waters, you will be with us because you promised it in your word. We give you praise and honor in your name. Amen. So faith, having complete trust and confidence in someone or something, no matter what. Um, our faith, it builds and it Our faith in God it builds over time as He proves Himself faithful time and time again. Psalms 145 and 13 says, "Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and Your dominion endures through all generations." The Lord is trustworthy in all His all He promises, and faithful in all that He does. All that He does, He is trustworthy and all his promises. He is faithful in all he does. I'm sure we have all at one point or another been let down by someone who did not keep their word to us, who did not keep a promise to us. That will never happen with God, never happen with our God. Um, but to believe this, we have to experience it in our own lives. We have to choose to daily live life with Jesus. We don't typically trust complete strangers, do we? nor should we, (laughs) we don't typically trust complete strangers. We, and we're not going to trust God. If we don't truly know him, not our idea of him, not our preconceived idea of him, but him, the Bible, the God of the Bible, who he reveals himself to us in those pages. Um, the one who sent his son for us, um, we have to know him to trust him and know his character. And the more personal experience that we have with him, the more we're going to, the more that we see him in action, the more we see his hand at work, the more we're going to believe him and stand on his word. You know, at the hospital, um, and Vicky can attest to this too, you can have a patient doing great. And then all of a sudden they're not. And, um, I I have had the experience I know that there are physicians and there are nurses that I work with That I know have my back when things start going bad And I know they're going to go get stuff that I need and they're going to jump in and help me and they're going to do this Um, I know that physician who's going to come down right away whenever there's issues going on Um, And I know from experience That I can trust them and it's the same way in our walk with god as we go through life and things come up, and we see, hey, God came through. He provided that right there. He was there for me. And we build on that, and we know that we can trust them. We can trust in him. We're going to look at a couple passages in Mark um, where physical healing is a metaphor for spiritual healing or deliverance. And uh, my prayer is that these accounts become more than just another story of Jesus healing someone. Uh, but that we see that this, that this same Jesus is still able to move on our behalf today. Uh, and that the truth in these encounters that, uh, we can build them, build our life on them today. So we're going to start in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And it says, When he entered Capernaum again after some days, this was Jesus, it was reported that he was at home. So many people gathered together. Uh, that there was no more room, not even in the doorway. And he was speaking the message to them. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic, carried by four men. Since they were not able to bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above where he was. And when they had broken through, they lowered the mat on which the paralytic was lying. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does he speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right away, Jesus understood in his spirit that they were thinking like this within themselves. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk? But so you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He told the paralytic, I will tell I tell you, get up, pick up your mat and go home. Immediately he got up, picked up the mat and went out in front of everyone. As a result, they were all astounded and gave glory to God saying, we have never seen anything like this. Sometimes we need help from our friends, don't we? Sometimes we need help from our friends. This man could not have reached Jesus on his own. He was completely dependent upon them. And we need to be the friend who takes our friends to Jesus. We need to be that kind of friend. We don't know if he begged his friends to take him or if his friends initiated it. The Bible doesn't tell us which way it happened. Um, But either way, they weren't going to let the crowd stop them. You know, most of the homes, um, they say back in those days, um, they had a stairway outside of the house that led to the roof. So, you know, when you and I think about going up on a roof and lowering somebody down, we're like, oh, well, first I need a ladder. And then, you know, it's a little more complicated now and an ax to get through once you get up there. Um, But they had a stairway that led to the roof and then the roof was made of branches and mud is what it was made of. Um, So that part doesn't sound as bad as it would in our day, but it was still a lot of effort, and they still had to get dirty and do it. Um, But the scary part to me would have been when my friends started lowering me through the roof and depending on them to lower me down to the ground there through that roof. Um, Sometimes we have to persevere, right? Right? We have to persevere. We have to do something out of our comfort zone to receive what Jesus has for us. Um, we can't give up so easily when things don't work out the way that we thought they would. You know, these friends probably thought they were going to just go through the front door. We're going to take them over here to see Jesus at this house, and we'll go through the front door. Uh, but that was not what that's not the circumstances that met them. It required more. And because they were willing to go that extra step, And because the paralytic man was willing to be let down through that roof, the man received more than he knew he needed. He just wanted to walk again. But God gave him new life. He forgave his sins and gave him new life. Um, So persevere. Don't let obstacles stop you when things don't look like they're going very well. Get out of your comfort zone and step out on the water like she was talking about in that video. we got to step out on that water. God has more for you than what you even thought you needed. And he wants to give us all of those things and bless us. Um, I've always been drawn to the passage in Mark about the man who desired healing for his son. And I love his encounter with Jesus, um, his honesty with Jesus. Uh, And Jesus' compassionate response to the man's pleas. Um, Jesus had just come down from the Mount of Transfiguration with uh, Peter, John, and James. Um, Elijah and Moses had appeared there and spoken to Jesus. So it was an encouraging, that was an encouraging time, I'm sure, for Jesus. Uh, So this had just happened. And then they come down the mountain. And this is the scene that greeted them when he met up with his disciples. Uh we'll be starting in verse fourteen to twenty four in Mark chapter nine. It says when they came to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, and scribes disputing with them. And all of a sudden, when the whole crowd saw him, they were amazed and ran to greet him. Then he asked them, What are you arguing with them about? And out of the crowd one man answered him Teacher, I brought my son to you. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to drive it out, but they couldn't. He replied to them, You unbelieving generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him to me. So they brought him to him. And when the spirit saw him, capital H, him, it immediately convulsed the boy. He fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening to him? Jesus asked his father from childhood, he said, and many times it has thrown him into fire or water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Then Jesus said to him, if you can, everything is possible to the one who believes. And immediately the father of the boy cried out, I do believe, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. The father, desperate to save his son, brought him to Jesus' disciples. And they were unable to help him. And at this point, the father would surely be wondering if Jesus' disciples couldn't help, then what hope was there? But don't let the shortcomings or inadequacies of followers of Jesus keep us from continuing to seek Jesus. We don't serve people. We serve God. We serve God. We follow after him, not man. And Jesus was frustrated with the unbelief of those involved. He tells them to bring him the boy. And we find out that the son has been away from, uh, has been this way from childhood. Mute, foaming at the mouth, throws himself into fires and waters. Can you imagine that home life and what that family had gone through all of these years, what that family had gone through, trying to protect their son and, and not knowing what was going on and the ridicule it, that they must have faced as well? Because I'm sure he was considered, you better stay away from that boy and that family. Um, and what they had gone through, and Jesus, and the Father pleads with Jesus, if you can do anything, help us. And I love that he said us and not just him. Because as we know, when Satan attacks or afflicts a member of our family, it affects the whole family. It affects the whole family. Our emotions, our energy, it's directed toward that one that we love that needs help that needs deliverance, that needs healing, that needs to be set free. And, and the father recognized that Jesus was the one who could help his family. He was the one who could help him. And, and he pleads with him, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. To which Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? <laughs> what do you mean? Everything is possible. Everything is possible to the one who believes. And the father immediately replies with what has been my prayer before. I do believe, but God help my unbelief. I do believe, but help my unbelief. You know, a lot of times my reasoning, my perspective, my evaluation of the circumstances, uh, it gets in the way of my complete belief and trust in what God can do because a lot of times it doesn't make sense to me. Um, and I don't see a way out, but God does, but God does. And this, this statement of faith that he makes, it really is a statement of faith. I do believe help my unbelief. It's an honest admission that his faith is far from perfect That his faith is far from perfect. He was saying, Jesus, I believe, but can you help me believe even more? Can you increase my faith? I need more faith. And Jesus saw the sincerity of this father's heart and his plea. He saw what this father had gone through since his son was a child. He saw that he was barely hanging on, but that he was hanging on. Um, And I can just picture when Jesus is about to heal this son, you know, he sees the end from the beginning. He's like, oh, this is going to get so much better for you. I'm going to make this right. He's he's like, I see you. I see the struggle you're going through, and it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And can I tell you that the Father sees you today? He sees you today. He sees when we are barely hanging on. He sees when we're barely hanging on, but that we are hanging on to faith, that we're hanging on to his promises. And he says, I've got you. I've got you. I'm here. I'm going to sustain you. I will help your unbelief. When we just go to him with our honest prayer of God, I believe, but I don't see any way this is going to work out. Can you help me? Can you help me? I don't see how this is going to work out, but you've got me. And lean into him. Just lean into him. His promises are for you. As his children, his promises are for us. Second Corinthians one nineteen to twenty tells us says, For the Son of God Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Sylvanius and Timothy and I, was not yes and no, but in him it is always yes. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. That is not one of the easiest scriptures to understand, but when you do, it's beautiful. Um, Jesus, he is the guarantee and confirmation of all God's promises. He is. When we as his children, we get to live in the truth of his promises, and that's why we say amen. It signifies our affirmation and our trust in his promises. When you look at the original Greek word for amen, and I am not even going to try to pronounce it, um, it is sometimes translated amen, but other times it's translated as surely, or so let it be, or verily, or truly. And the word itself, it has a powerful meaning. It means firm, faithful, confirmed, or of truth. So essentially, this verse is declaring boldly that God's promises are amen in Jesus. God's promises are true. They are faithful, and they are confirmed in Jesus. And because of Jesus, we know that Galatians 3:28 to 29 is true, that there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. It doesn't matter what nationality we are, what race, what gender. It doesn't doesn't matter how much money we make in a year, if we barely get by. It doesn't matter where we came from, if we've been a Christian for most of our life, or if we've just recently come to know him. When we belong to Christ, we are heirs according to the promise he gave Abraham. Abraham. And as we have read before, God is faithful to keep his promises. And he has promised that we are his heirs. God reestablished his covenant with Abraham in Genesis 17. Um, and he created an everlasting covenant to be Abraham's God and the God of his offspring from generation to generation. That they would be his people and he would bless them and he would be with them. And as children of God, we are heirs to that same promise that he will bless us, that he will be with us, that he will be our God. And Abraham did not see God's promise of an heir come to fruition for very many years. Uh, and he and Sarah, they got off track trying to help God along and hurry up that promise. But I love how Romans 4 gives us a picture of Abraham's faith, even in the waiting and despite how things looked. He says he believed in God. Who gives life to the dead and calls things into existence that do not exist. This is all talking about Abraham is the he. He believed, hoping against hope, so that he became the father of many nations according to what had been spoken. God did what he said. So will your descendants be. He considered his own body to be already dead since he was about 100 years old. And also considered the deadness of Sarah's womb without weakening in the faith. He did not waver in unbelief at God's promise, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Because he was fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. He was fully convinced That what God had promised, he would do. The circumstances said otherwise. But Abraham was fully convinced. Abraham knew the obstacles, right? He knew he was old. He knew Sarah was old. He knew all this, but he was fully convinced. And he waited a long time, but he was fully convinced. Fully convinced. Um I'll see if I can share this. I wasn't going to. I told God I didn't want to, only if you brought it up to my mind. Fully convinced. Um 11 years ago? I think. Um When my brother walked away from the Lord, I came up to this altar on a Wednesday night at prayer service, and I was praying, and my heart was broken. And I was just praying. I didn't understand why. And I looked up. I just kind of looked up here, and I felt the Lord say he'll be back. And I've never shared that with anyone because it's been 11 years and I see no sign of that. But I'm fully convinced that what God said he will do. I don't understand when and I don't understand why it has had to go on like it has. But I'm fully convinced that God will do what he said he would do. And he will be back. He will be back. Does that mean he's going to be up here preaching again? I don't know that. All I know is he's going to bring him back. He will keep on him. though. I pray that the Holy Spirit just hounds him like no other. And he will bring him back. So I don't know what you've been praying about. Whether it's been 11 years or one year or longer than that. I don't know. But be fully convinced that God will do what he said he would do. God will keep his word. He will keep his word and he will sustain us until the answer comes. He will sustain us until the answer comes. He will be our peace. He will be our joy. I'm thankful for that. May we be fully convinced that God is going to keep his promises. His character, he is trustworthy even when life is not good. He is trustworthy. Jesus offered words of hope to Jairus in Mark chapter 5 when they were on their way to his daughter who was very sick. And Mark chapter 5 opens with Jairus, a leader in the synagogue, begging Jesus to come and heal his daughter who was at death's door. And Jesus had been sidetracked by the woman with the issue of blood. How dare she sidetrack him, right? She pushed through the crowd and um, you don't have to move the camera. I'll be back. Uh, she pushed through the crowd to get to Jesus and received her healing. There's another, there's a whole nother sermon in that. Um, but it delayed Jesus getting to Jairus's daughter. Uh, and as they got on their way again, word comes that Jairus' daughter has died. So don't waste, don't waste Jesus' time anymore. Don't bother the teacher. And Jesus overheard the conversation, and uh, this was his response. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Don't be afraid. Only believe. The man had just heard his daughter's dead. And he says, don't be afraid. Only believe. Because of Jesus, there is always hope. There is always hope. Don't look at the waves around you. Look at Jesus. When fear starts to rise up, fix your eyes on him. But because of Jesus, there is always hope. Always hope. Always hope. I thought of the worst of this song. You talk of faith when you're up on the mountain. And faith comes so easy when life said it's best. But it's down in the valley of trials and temptations, that's when faith is really put to the test. That's from God of the mountain. And I thought of those words as I was thinking about Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Friends of Jesus, right? They were friends of Jesus. He'd been to their house. He'd eaten with them. He talked with them. Mary had anointed Jesus' feet with oil, wiped his feet with her hair in an act of extravagant worship. And the message that they sent to Jesus When Lazarus was sick, said, Lord, the one you love is sick. And Jesus did not go right away to Bethany when Lazarus died. Oh, and Lazarus died because he didn't go right away. So I want to focus in on the question that Jesus asked Martha in the midst of her grief and confusion over why the Lord hadn't come sooner. We're going to start in verse 21 of John 11. It says, Lord... Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. See, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where Martha's resolve was put to the test. Do you believe this, Martha? And it's in these moments of confusion and grief that our resolve is put to the test. The moments when God hasn't moved in the way that we prayed he would or answered in the time that we thought he would, will we continue to choose to believe? And it goes back to our foundation. What have we built our day-to-day life on? Martha had an established relationship with Jesus. She knew him. They were considered friends. She had served him, been taught by him. So when the crisis came, her foundation was sure. Her foundation was sure. And I find Martha's response so interesting to his question. He asked if you believe in the, that he's the resurrection and the life. And she replies. I love her reply. She looks beyond her current circumstance and her grief. And she states who Jesus is. I believe you are the Messiah, the son of God. You know, Martha may not have known much else at this point, but she knew who Jesus was. That's what she knew. And because of that relationship, she knew she could still trust him. She did not doubt him. She knew at this point even he could do anything that he wanted to do. Um, and it's because she had that relationship with him. So in the times, may we have faith in times of grief and confusion to say, I believe you are the son of God. I may not know much else, but I know who you are. I may not understand my circumstances, but I know who you are. I may not understand why you're calling me to go here or step out into the waters here, but I know who you are. And so I will obey. He is our rock. He is our help, our strength, our peace. He is steady and constant. He is good and mighty. He is our defender, our healer, our protector, our shepherd, our redeemer. Know who he is. Know who he is. It will see you through in those times of confusion and times of uncertainty. You know, we've got a lot of options to choose from to build our life on. The enemy will try to distract us with other ideas and philosophies that are contrary to the word of God, but they sound just good enough sometimes to fool us and to trick us and to lead us down the wrong path. But God and his promise, his word is the only thing that will never let us down. And don't just claim his promises and cling to them in times of grief and confusion and fear, but build your life on his promises, your day in and your day out life. And then every day we do Hebrews 10 and 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. He is faithful that promised I wanted to show some of the promises of God. I just found it online. I looked at promises of God. If you want to put up the first slide. And, oh, boy. Yeah, I'll read those up here. Uh, (laughs) Um, And this, this is a tip of the iceberg, people. When it comes to the promises of God, this is just a tip of the iceberg. But I do not if you want to take a picture of it or whatever, you can. It's got the reference next to it. But it says, he will never leave you or forsake you. God will strengthen you and uphold you. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. The Lord will go before you and be your rear guard. I like that one. He is before and behind me. He will fight on your behalf. His love will never fail you. He gives wisdom when you ask. His plans are to prosper you. God will meet all of your needs according to his riches. He also promises deliverance from all of our troubles. Don't change the slide yet, Deji, or you'll have some unhappy people. Okay. Deliverance from all of our troubles. He works all things out for our good. Do you believe that? He works all things out for our good. It doesn't mean everything goes the way we want it to, but he is working all things out for our good. God is our refuge and our strong tower in times of trouble. Uh, He gives us guidance and direction. He will bless you and give you a crown of life. Anybody thankful for that promise this morning? The crown of life? God will make you the head and not the tail. Don't you be acting like you're the tail. You are the head. You are a child of God. Hold your head up high. Beauty for ashes. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with you. The Lord will make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. He will give you rest. And we have victory in Christ. Victory in Christ. I think we got one more slide because we're only up to 20. I'm sure glad you didn't put these on two slides, Harold. Is there another one? Huh? Oh, they're taking picture. Okay, sorry, Deji. Do, 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 do. Now, I'm thankful for all of his promises, aren't you? And there's so many more. He gives peace of mind and heart. We have salvation through Jesus Christ. He will keep his, he promises to keep his promises. He promises to keep his promises and he cannot lie. The Holy Spirit, he promised the Holy Spirit to help us. The joy of his presence, eternal life in him. Your sleep will be sweet. Your womb will be blessed. How many of you would like your womb to be blessed this morning? Would anyone like to be like Sarah this morning? No? No? Okay, well... We'll claim the other 29. Uh, He will keep you from every disease, healing, abundant peace, and security. What if we lived our lives where we believed all of the promises of God are for me? They are for me. They are not just for the super spiritual. They are for me. Each one of us. And we can build our lives on them. We can trust him to keep his word. We can trust him. Oh, Lord, help. We can trust him to keep his word. It would be a miracle if I could actually read that. You would see a miracle in the making right now. So what if? What if? So what promise of God do you need to grab onto today? What do you need to be fully convinced of? No matter how long it's taken. And no matter how long you've been praying about it. What do you need to be fully convinced of? If you would stand with me, I want us to have a word of prayer. And uh, what I'd like us to do is just to find one other person to pray with and just pray for each other to increase your faith. Isn't that a good prayer? God, increase our faith. Help us to hold on to your promises and to stand on your word. So go ahead and find yourselves another person it can be the one you're next to if you want or find yourself another person and let's just pray for one another this morning can we do that does everybody have one somebody okay let's all let's all pray together
0: Too